You're listening to Ember Weekend. I'm here uh, not with Chase McCarthy, but with Charles Lowell. I have the honor of uh, of having the founder of uh, The Front Side uh, co-hosting while Chase is out on vacation. Uh, how are you doing, Charles? I'm doing pretty good. I'm, uh, actually, this is going to be my uh, final activity for hitting the sack because um, I'm actually broadcasting from uh, Finland. This so, is so amazing. Yeah, and it's like uh, it's about 9.30 at night here. Uh, still, still nice and bright in the sky, and uh, I think I'm actually going to go to the sauna, have a few beers, and then and then hit the sack. That sounds awesome. So cool. So cool. So uh, so Ember Weekend is where we talk about newsy type things, and uh, this episode will be no different. We're going to talk about some cool stuff. Uh, I'm broadcasting from Jack's Beach. Uh, it's actually not the weekend, mm-hmm. uh, which is this is a, this is kind of unusual. I don't know. I feel like maybe I'll do the editing on the weekend, so so mm-hmm. that'll make up for I, it. We I can think that counts. Yeah, it, you know, there's some, some podcasting happened on the weekend, just not the recording or the mm-hmm. releasing. Um, yeah, that counts. It's good. It's good. Yep. Um, yeah, and uh, this episode is called "We We Don't Know Yet." We'll We'll let you know at the end of the episode. <laughs> um, yeah. So with that, I guess let's get started. Alrighty. So the first thing we're going to talk about is a uh, a set of screencasts by Sam Selikoff and Ryan Toronto. Uh, I, uh, I, we've, we've talked about, we've talked about Sam, we've talked with Sam on the show a few times about Ember Sea Light Mirage, and I was lucky enough to, uh, get to meet, uh, Ryan at EmberConf, and, uh, they got to talk to me, talking about, uh, you know, this screencast series, and, uh, kind of, like, what their, their goal is for it, and I think it's really to have high-quality, up-to-date screencasts, um, Kind of a la Ember Screencast, but maybe uh, targeting more corporate client things. Uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm misrepresenting, but uh, the you can go and check out the Ember Map stuff uh, on EmberMap.com, and there's a couple of episodes uh, that are uh, free to listen to to kind of get a feel for you know how this might help you. And uh, I know that they're still kind of in beta, so you can always reach out to Sam or Ryan and kind of get some more information. But uh, specifically, one of the ones I want to talk about is uh, the refactoring screencast that they do. The first half of that is. Uh, about Ember composable helpers, I thought it was really neat. Um, so, Charles, did you uh, did you um, you ever get a chance to uh, take a look at the Ember Map stuff? Uh, I haven't. You know, it's funny when it first came out, I was thinking, my goodness, there's a whole like I was thinking it was an Ember add-on or something to give you like a map. Uh, <laughs> I was like, is this some sort of Google thing or is it uh, basically a, a hash like some some power hash? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I haven't had it. I I haven't actually had a chance to 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 look at it. Um, but any screencast that uh, uses Ember Composable Helpers as the intro is like A-OK with me. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, that's exactly that's exactly my my thought process as well. Sam was uh, was uh, 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 nice enough to to let me uh, do a little sneak preview uh, right before they launched, and uh, really really dug it. So uh, I definitely think it's a it's a resource out there. I just love you know the Ember community has this like habit of just putting out awesome content, uh, and I think that. Uh, yeah, it's it's this is this is no different. Just you get the, this like high quality like people who actually care. There are transcripts uh, per per episode, which I think is a really nice touch. Kind of reminds me of uh, Lynda.com or some of the other teaching tools that are kind of outside of the Ember ecosystem. Uh, really, really dig it. Really dig it. And, and we were talking a little bit earlier, and Ryan Ryan uh, taught us about monads. So Charles was <laughs> educating on, me on on monads, and I think the the, the prevailing thought is that. Uh, most metaphors don't really work when trying to describe monads. I think that's fair enough. You know, actually, is that fair? I think uh, I think also too. It's uh, it's it's yet another one of those things like uh, SSL and uh, and broccoli, where yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, 
It's the, it's the thing you don't use you don't use frequently enough to where it's these sharp skills that you have. You kind of have to kind of relearn them every time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Cool. Yeah, but definitely check out Ember Map. Uh, it's really cool. Uh, I think that, uh, like I said, I, th- I think that they're still um, trying to roll things out and get uh, an understanding of um, who is going to be uh, like interested. Uh, so I think this is a really good time to check it out and uh, and reach out to them and see uh, and see what they have. Uh, you know, like see see if your use case kind of helps with or fits in with their with their mentality and kind of get a better idea of what's going on. Uh, but it's definitely high quality, awesome stuff. And I think the goal is to uh, create little modular pieces so that they can be updated really well. Uh, so definitely a, definitely a cool thing. Uh, so definitely check it out. So the next thing that we're going to talk about is a blog post by Balan Erdi um, on building an Ember app without a backend. Um, and I actually got a chance to hang out uh, <clears throat> a lot with him at EmberConf. Really, really sharp wonderful dude. Um, and actually I got a, a chance to pair with him a few weeks later and he taught me some pretty awesome techniques, uh, surrounding like object prototypes. But, uh, in the context of, of this, um, he kind of goes through the, um, process of building an Ember application using Ember CLI Mirage and how you can build it from the outside in. And I, for, at least for me, I very personally connected uh, with this technique because, you know, this is kind of like a dream come true uh, for someone who's built UIs and built um, web UIs for a very long time. You know, usually you're you're always beholden to some sort of connectivity to the background if you want to demo your app or uh, develop your app. Whereas, you know, now we um, when we pitch clients uh, on an application. You know, we'll say to them, we can develop pretty much your entire application with very, very, very rich functionality uh, that feels, I don't know, there's a verisimilitude to it when it's got real faker data that's, you know, it's not like thrown together test names right. um, of stuff. It's actually plausible people's names, plausible avatar images, plausible addresses, you know, everything. And it's actually, you know, from your application's perspective, it's there's actually the asynchrony there as if there were a real network and it lets you focus on that experience and then build the back end that will drive that experience, but it lets you yeah. treat that experience very fully. And so, um, you know, he, he shows you exactly how to do that. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think that's, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And and just having read uh, Rock and Roll with Ember, which I think he takes some of his examples uh, from his book, uh, He's he's got this like uh, ability. He's a he's a great teacher. I feel like there's some really great uh, teaching points and teaching moments along the way that uh, you know after you've been working with Mirage for, for for any length of time, you're just kind of like gloss over. And he's like, no no no. I kind of know. I, I feel like it's a it's a skill that a, a really great teachers have where yeah. they kind of yeah. are able to put themselves in yeah. the shoes of people who are learning from from scratch. You can be deeply empathetic. Yeah, and 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 he definitely has that. Rock and roll is no different. Um, I've I've read that a few times now because of just how good the 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 uh, the kind of process for teaching is. It's just wonderful. Uh, I I really I really dig it. And this and this blog post is a great introduction to Ember Mirage. And I you know no no bones about it. Ember Weekend has been staunchly pro Ember CLI Mirage, including in production on the Ember Weekend site, of course. Um, which is a whole nother whole nother thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, In production. So, nice. yeah, no, I mean, we delivered we delivered it without a backend, so mm-hmm. it's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, um, it's a, I can't yeah, even but, imagine life without it. 
Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, I I really I really uh, I really dig this, and this is a great blog post, a great kicking off point for uh, really diving into Mirage. So yeah, so definitely check it out. So in the past couple of weeks, I want to say it was maybe two weeks ago, uh, Mike Fontanakis uh, released a, a a really really cool service called Percy. Uh, and I don't think Charles, uh, you you and I haven't used it, right? I know I haven't used it. I don't think you've had a chance to to fiddle with it yet, have no, you? No, I have not. Yeah, My so I, you speaks, know, but I have not had a chance. Exactly, that's exactly where I'm at too. It looks super, super interesting. Uh, so the principal idea is um, visual diffs. Uh, one of the cool things about this particular thing is that there's already an Ember screencast that can give you a lot more information about it. Um, and the idea is that you uh, have an API. Uh, in your acceptance test, you can put a a take screenshot uh, call, and it'll actually take a screenshot, and then it'll compare it against past test runs. And anytime a a snapshot is uh, pixel different, it will show you that in the Percy thing. And then you go to the Percy service, you can view all the stuff, and then you click yes or no, like this is good or bad. And it's kind of like a it's basically like a manual QA kind of thing, but mm-hmm. uh, automated uh, automated. Um, so it looks really really interesting. Uh, it has good GitHub integration. Uh, and the free tier is uh, 500 visual diffs, which seems like a really good place to, um, you know, kind of fool around and see if this is going to uh, provide value to your right. team. Right. Is it going to give you less work or more work? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> hopefully less work uh, and hopefully a lot more peace of mind. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. And uh, we're not sponsored. That's just, oh, I just think it's really cool. So I uh, just wanted to throw that out there. I think it's... Uh, uh, I don't know. It's, it looks re- it looks really interesting. I, I was talking yeah. uh, earlier uh, with Charles about uh, how I don't know how how this would be implemented in other ecosystems um, because their build tooling and their testing stories are you know usually vary from project to project. Uh, it's you know it's kind of exhibiting the power of Ember, the ability for Ember you know based off of its conventions to create solutions like this that are going to work across you know a bunch of different projects. Yeah, you know I was actually thinking. Um, that I had this, you know, you have the, like these, these shower thoughts and you see these, um, kind of, uh, charts showing the relative popularity of frameworks, uh, like how many installs there are. But, mm-hmm. you know, it occurred to me that if you actually consider the amount of code that people actually share, like the actual amount of shared code and consider that the community, in other words, not just you you happen to be using this library, but you're actually, you're my application resembles this other by application by 95%, so, so to speak. In other words, right. 95% of the code is shared. Um, it seems to me if that's like your determiner for community, then the Ember community really probably dwarfs every other one. I might even... Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't have any data to, to uh, back that up, but I suspect like that... gut if, feeling? Yeah, just a gut <laughs> feeling. Well, if... if I think it would be a interesting avenue to explore to say like this install base of common code actually is much larger than than any other. Yeah, yeah, and uh, honestly, uh, you know, anecdotally, I think I found that to be true. Where I you know go from project to project, and you know, I tend to bring the same kind of toolkits with me, kind right. of like a, a Rails Prime Stack kind of thing, where I'm like, oh, I want composable helpers, and I want true you know truth helpers, and I want you know this and that route actions, uh, the route action helper. Um, yeah, I mean, you're you're right. You just have these these like these are things that are going to be shared across a lot of different places. And definitely, mm-hmm. uh, Ember Ember is uniquely suited to do that because uh, just like Rails, uh, you know, the convention over configuration mindset. I think it provides a lot of easy wins there. Right, and so you're able to reap the benefit. 
uh, with tools like this. And I, you know, for me, visual regression testing has always been something of a, uh, like, um, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Not a chimera, but a, like, a it's like hard, like, a like chasing the dragon. Um, chasing the dragon. <laughs> it's like uh, something that's always vanishing over the horizon, chasing a mirage, so to yeah, speak. Yeah. Um, but so, so I've got, uh, I've got high hopes, um, that, um, this will be, this will be, uh, something worth looking into. Yeah, definitely. I, I do as well. I, I think the last time I really tried to to dive into it was um, some error error screenshots that would show up in Git from Capybara, which was actually pretty useful. I found a, f- a few places where that was really useful, but uh, you know, pretty difficult to set up and a little 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 bit more trouble than I think value it, it adds. So hopefully, this is a lot more pa- uh, painless and you know a little bit easier to to get off the ground with. So I don't know. It's a uh, it's definitely exciting. Uh, once I get, I'll probably bring this up again in a future episode. Um, once I've actually had some time to actually play around with it, but it looks pretty cool. So definitely check it out. Uh, so this next one, I just wanted to kind of bring up mainly because I think that uh, there was a lot of effort put into the issue, uh, and it's the the issue is uh, is by Nathan Hammond, and he created it uh, to basically an attack plan for getting lazy loading of uh, engines into Ember. And the, the, the cool part about this issue is that it's broken down into different phases or different responsibility areas, each with a goal, a description, and kind of a, an attack plan for how it's going to go. Like, uh, what, what's the general idea? How do we think we're going to do it right now? Um, and then also a checklist of different things that you can help with. So if you're at all interested in kind of contributing back, um, I think this is a great place to start because uh, the I, the ideas, the issues have already been kind of broken down and there's already people responsible for each subsection. So you can actually go to them and say, hey, I want to take, I want to help here where I can. Um, what's the best, you know, best place for, what, what's the best way for me to go forward with uh, with helping out? The It reminds me of the uh, test issue that Godfrey Chan put out of, I want to say early March, maybe somewhere on there, mm-hmm. right before EmberConf. Yeah, I remember that. Um, and it was basically like, please send help. And it, and it got like a bunch of different con- contributors to help because they were, you know, it was a, it was a isolated place where a person who knows a lot, has a lot of context has helped lower the bar for contributing back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is kind of a similar vein. So if you're interested in contributing, this is a great place to look. Uh, so definitely check it out. And the beauty of it is once you start contributing, you stay contributing and it's very, Oh, is that true? I think so. I mean, the, the and then people who contribute are also like very uh, empowered then because yeah. they come that much closer to the tool set that they use, you know, in their day to day. Yeah. Like a sense of like ownership or like, mm-hmm. uh, like, you know, pride in that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, 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 I and just straight that. up, like, you know, you, tra- they transfer that context, you know, by working on it, you, you absorb a lot of that context uh, that you mm-hmm. didn't maybe have before. Yeah. And I think this, this actually extends outside of just the Amber ecosystem as well. Um, because you learn how to inter- how to interact with people, um, via, you know, GitHub issues and how, how you can communicate clearly across these kind of borders and, and, you know, uh, base, I don't know. I feel like it, it ends up setting you up for success in other OSS. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I can definitely see that. Absolutely. Yeah. No, these are, these, these, these types of events are fantastic. It's just like, uh, it's like a, uh, what's like a, like a subway stop. This is a great chance to get on the train. So, uh, now you were actually telling me, um, earlier this week about a interesting bug that you ran into uh, as you were trying to do something relating to testing. I think it was around services. Uh, do you want to go yes. into that a little bit? I would love to. Um, so one, uh, 
when you say I was working on a bug, I was actually just smashing my head against my keyboard for about two or three days. Um, desperately trying to figure out uh, why. Uh, Sometimes things that, that I know. works. Yeah. Um, no, you know, just map everything to like control C and just shut everything off and you just roll your head across the keyboard. Um, totally. Uh, yeah. So it was, uh, it was basically the, the goal was for an, in an acceptance test, I had a reliance on a service that makes a call out to, a, a, a payment solution. So like basically like Stripe, but it wasn't Stripe. Um, and didn't want to actually integrate, integrate with that. And I didn't want to stub out the actual requests. I want to control, have more fine grained control over that service where the service is the boundary of my test. Uh, even though it's an acceptance test, I feel like uh, there could be arguments made where stubbing a service in this, in this way in an acceptance test is a little bit of an anti pattern. Uh, but I think that uh, knowing where, um, no, I, I know I know where I think my test is responsible for, and it's mostly around UI here. Uh, so I think it's it's kind of a good place to do it. So I was like, okay, well, I'll stub out the service, and then I can put my general rule is if it goes to the network, I'm stubbing it. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good that's a pretty good way to think about it. Uh, I think that's kind of where I was drawing the line as well. But uh, with the stubbing, if you stub the service in the acceptance test uh, with this uh, this uh, solution that I found, um, you can put assertions on your stubbed out code. So uh, in that way, you can actually assert that at least the things that you expect to send to these uh, these services get sent correctly, and I think that covers mm -hmm. that gives me enough confidence to think that it's gonna it's 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 working. It's good enough. Um, so what I did was I actually took a um, a really cool example from the uh, it is the Ember Route Action uh, Helper uh, from Dockyard it has a has a uh, a, a register function inside of its uh inside of its module for acceptance test or ex a module for acceptance mm -hmm. module and that allows you to basically say okay i'm going to register by the service name so service colon you know my service and i'm going to give it a factory and this factory is going to be instantiated and put into the service and i've used this before on like two four apps and it was super easy like you just pop it in and you can just do it and you get a register very similar to an integration test allows you to register things um and then the problems came out because the app I was working on is actually a 113.13 app. And um, because of a certain internal thing, you the resolver is set, and therefore the register won't allow you to override it. So you actually have to null, null it out. You have to turn a no-op into this thing. Uh, this is not making a whole lot of sense. I feel like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a gist in yeah. that shows you exactly what's going on. Basically, you um, have to because, like, put in a deep, like a deep, dark magic foo hack. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, yeah. And you only need it for 113.13 to 2.1. And, uh, and I actually know the commit where it was fixed. Uh, it has to do with uh, the application instance had a resolver function set. Uh, and if that is set, it will never reach the fallback registry. Uh, and basically, there's a one-line fix for it, but it requires just a tremendous amount of work. Luckily, I was able to pester Robert Jackson to uh, help me kind of figure that one out. Uh, and I'm going to try to backfill this example on Dockyard. And uh, I was talking to Charles about potentially making this into a um, an add-on, so that you know when you want to register a service, there's a little bit better of a of a place to do it, a little more lo localized kind of thing uh, to to do there. Yeah, and so, if you uh, if you were to do that as an add-on, I can tell you the next day, maybe the next hour, I would install that add-on because uh, this is actually <laughs> this is a, a problem that we come across pretty frequently. Um, and, uh, yeah. I think, you know, we were, we we're also talking too. if, if you have a add on that provides a service, then 
you want to provide a very friction-free way for people to run their acceptance tests inside that use your add-on, um, but then have control over that service. So if your yeah. add-on is, say, integrating with Stripe or integrating with Facebook or doing this, you know, loading scripts into the page, we don't want to do that in test. And you want to be able to, I would say, you know, register uh, mock services just from the get-go, but then also be able to present those mock services um, to the to your actual the acceptance tests in the application proper. Yeah, absolutely. I think that would be that would be such a, a huge win because you you like you're saying uh, a, a Stripe a payment services is a perfect example where you're like okay in test I want this to do everything the same that it does I want it to respond to all the same methods I want it to do the same stuff but I want those things to be no ops mm-hmm. you know like and then a Stripe uh, you know a Stripe add on uh, if it gets created down the road we just say okay well I'm gonna include my own mock. So you'll get these canned responses whenever you, you know, right. give me the right information. And I'll, I'll log all the calls, and if you want to make assertions against them at some yep. some later point or as part of your test, great. You get that for free. Yep. yep, yeah, and I think that's a that's an easy win. I think that might be down the road. I really need to figure out more about uh, testing hooks in yeah. the build tool. But build being, t- simply uh, being able to, to in, in a carefree way, be able to register uh, mock yeah. services would be would be huge. Yeah, which is which is really From interesting because uh, so yeah, exactly. So if you have that, if you have that add-on, if I make that, it's still just a really really temporary solution because eventually, um, in the not too distant future, there's going to be the testing reunification, and there's already you know a kind of a path forward where everyone's going to have uh, have the ability to register. So it's kind of like a, a stopgap measure measurement uh, because right now I think there's good use cases for stubbing um, stubbing services and acceptance tests. So it's like it's like do it now. It can be kind of dirty and it can use some private stuff uh, as long as uh, you know the the path forward is going to be better once the reunification comes through. Nice. Well, in the meantime, I will check it out. Yeah, but I mean, I'm definitely going to get the 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 links. Uh, we're going to put links in the show notes for uh, the existing dockyard thing, um, and then basically a gist of the test helper that I wrote that. Um, handles that one particular bug for 113 to 2.1, which likely, you know, you, you probably won't run into it, but if you do, and it, and only, it only actually is a bug if you already had a service registered. Um, if you don't have a service registered and you register a new service, it works. So it's kind of like this weird thing that just happened to bite me um, and caused me a lot of pain. Um, so maybe, maybe this will help out somebody out there, some poor, poor soul who's running into the same thing as me. We can only hope. We can, we can only hope. All right, so yeah, thanks for sticking with us to the end. Uh, really appreciate uh, everyone uh, reaching out and uh, and contacting us. Uh, if you ever have any questions uh, with regard to stuff we talk about on the show, uh, reach out. Uh, I am Jonathan Jackson, and my uh, Twitter handle is Rondell underscore SC, which means nothing. Uh, and uh, Charles uh, Charles is uh, Cowboy D. Cowboy D. Yeah, and uh, thanks. Does that does that have special significance? <laughs> it actually stands for Cowboy Dan. Um, because when I went to my freshman year at the University of Michigan, I was the only person from Texas who was there. So they started calling me Cowboy Dan, even though my that name is, is not Dan. so good. That is so good. And it's, it's stuck with me. <laughs> that is so life. good. That is my favorite story about Twitter right now. That's so good. Um, yeah, so uh, so you can always uh, tune in to uh, Ember Weekend uh, on Twitter at Ember Weekend, all one word. Uh, or you can... Uh, hit us up on uh, our RSS feed. It's emberweekend.com slash feed.xml. And uh, we'll be back next week. Oh, we didn't name the episode. Oh, man. We didn't name, we didn't name it. Um, hmm. 
I think it should be called Bug Integrat. Uh, <laughs> Bug Integrat. The worst. The worst uh, like show that. note that I've ever written. Can I sing the outro? Gonna be like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know. You know that's uh that's pretty good. Oh my god, that's so mad. <laughs> I'm like dying over here. I can't, I can't believe I was on Ember Weekend. That's fantastic. Yeah. No, thank you so much for, for filling in. I really, really appreciate it. I, I mean, it was so last minute too. This was this was a wonderful experience. Uh, thank you so much. Hey, no worries, man. I just hope uh, I hope I can keep up because you know you and you and Chase have like that cool like you know fast paced banter and it's just like check this out, check that out. Oh yeah, no, no. And like uh, just no, no, you no. know, the, the just uh, it's always like boom, boom, boom. On point, on point, on point. Makes me my brain feel slow. Oh no, no, it's all it's all post processing. We'll, we'll be good. You're gonna you're gonna be a genius. You're like you're gonna be faster than any of us. Um, all right, cool. Well, we'll see you next week. All right, take it easy. Bye, everybody. All right, I always I always close that, and that's always the weirdest part about uh, about anything. Is uh, <laughs> you're like, so yeah, that's cool. Or I say definitely a lot. Or I. Yeah, definitely, definitely cool. Yeah, check it out. Can yeah. I can I do the so so definitely check it out? Can I uh, can I do that one next yeah, time? No, that's that's no, that's going in. It's going in. That okay. one right there was that going right in. There? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be the that's gonna be the transition. No, no, no. We'll, we'll, we'll see.